Dr. D. What's up, my brother? Here Thank we you are, for having my man. Me, man. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we're here in Miami. This is your hometown. Yes, sir. But I didn't meet you here. I met you when I was out at Jake Paul's fight out in Arizona, and uh, didn't have any ideas about potentially meeting somebody who could help manage my health. But we ended up riding in cars together as we were going <laughs> to and from the fight to support Jake in uh, in that fight against Anderson Silva. And I started to get to talking with you. And what I saw was a medical mind that actually saw beyond just what the conventional medical model sees and started to see the patient really, like who the person really is, what mm. the energy was all about, what how the heart plays into it, and has all the knowledge about the hormones and the peptides and everything. And I was like, damn. This might be my guy. <laughs> this might be my guy. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that, you know, after that happened in that in that moment when I recognized that, um, hit you up and and obviously you're the CEO CEO of Biohacks. Yeah, CEO of Biohacks, and I got with you and your team and we did a bunch of tests. You made it really easy and looked at all my blood and uh and we started to kick it off so i wanted to use this as an opportunity to share with my audience both some of the things that have worked with me some of the mistakes that i may have made some of the things that i wasn't aware of as i've been working with different doctors right and uh and just kind of share really a story of in many ways performance health mm -hmm. fertility health and you know male hormonal health in an interesting way and uh we haven't got to talk about that so thanks for coming on the podcast brother so honored such a pleasure uh to be here and uh i remember that car ride uh with a lot of sirens next to us we're getting escorted and that was pretty cool we got like a police <laughs> escort <laughs> yeah. and you said the fight now and i couldn't even remember which like for a second you said anderson silva i was like oh yeah because i've been been through that with jake a few times and um you know uh that, that kid's a very special kid. He's doing really good work. He really is. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a special, uh, special he, guy. He's a special guy, and I think people don't actually understand. They only see they only see a sliver of uh, of the guy that that uh, I think you and I get to see. I'm gonna say something from the bottom of my heart. He's one of the top humans I admire right now. Like from getting to know him and seeing him in these last two years that I've been with him and seeing his growth. I mean, God bless him. He's such a, such a good person. But yeah, in that conversation, I remember we, we, uh, uh, Lucas in, in introduced us, right? Yeah, yeah. So Lucas Mack and yeah. Ella Weston were also there supporting Jake Paul, and this yeah. is all this whole kind yeah, of yeah. He comes up. Jake Scott. Jake Scott is He's got a badass entourage <laughs> rolling with him, and he's like, uh, I think I was talking to Jake's coaches. He's like, oh, there, there's somebody you got to meet, bro. You and him are gonna vibe because you both are like, like. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, um, then yeah, I walked up to you, and then um, one thing I'll tell you, your, your energy immediately like. You know, I walked in this room, I was commenting on somebody's energy here too. Like I, that's something I, I, I'm trying to learn how to pay more attention to. Mm -hmm. And just right here, just me saying this, this already does not play any role in traditional medicine. Like just me talking about this and- Energy? Yeah, what are you talking whoa. about? <laughs> he has an MD, which yeah, I, I, I have a doctorate in medicine and I went to school for this and, and did postdoc work and research and metabolism and so forth. So I was in that model, you know, definitely dressed with a, 
a button up every day and walking around. Wore the costume. Yeah, wore the costume. Last hospital I worked at was at the Cleveland Clinic here. In now, Austin. apparently, the costume is sleeveless with a hoodie. <laughs> with the which hoodie. Is, which is rare. We both we both ran into each other and was like, what are the chances I know, that we're right? both wearing sleeveless with a hoodie? But and, and whatever it is, it would and, actually be, it would have been more <laughs> insincere if we changed just exactly. so it didn't look like we planned it. But this is actually our humility showing that, oh, yeah, we're being twinsies right now. Absolutely. And I believe again going back to energy and so forth there's something there there's always there's something in the ether <laughs> this is a sleeveless hoodie podcast <laughs> that's what we're talking about <laughs> there you go but but you know like so so discussing energy and so forth you know you and i in in, in that car ride um you know i think opened doors to our connection and um and just you know my role in your life and other people's lives, I think is to be a little bit of a beacon of hope and of light, you know, just to understand what's going on on this on this planet. Because I dedicate my time to studying this stuff. Like even today, um, I was talking to, I think he's, he's the next Elon Musk of the biotech space. His name's Ryan Smith, very, very good friend of mine. He owns TrueH Diagnostics, the company that does the mm -hmm. epigenetic testing, which uh, according to him, apparently, I don't, um, we're the largest, we have the largest database of epigenetic information in the world right now, us at the biohack. So I was like, okay, I didn't know that. And he told me that last week. So, but just talking to him, he was telling me about the imprintome and, and the imprintome is basically how it's epigenetic generational transitioning from, not from you to your kids, but from your parents to your kids. See, and that my role, I know I just saw it in your face, like, yeah, that's crazy. So, what they so ate like, will influence so grand, your kids. So grandfather, so the grandfather grandmother generation nuts yeah nuts and this is like so all brand new stuff so like two generations yeah and then i feel like my job is to take these things that you know are never i mean never but are going to take a long time to be recognized by traditional medicine and by traditional medical models and i understand because there's you know you you want to be you want to be cautious in what you're approving out there to be said and different medications and what's fda approved and what's not but the role too is to guide people along their health uh with the most cutting edge things but also the sacred sciences of our planet earth which yeah. we're 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 veering totally off with all this chemical engineering that we're surrounding ourselves with and making our us, us toxic and i really believe it's disrupting our connection with our higher self mm -hmm. and our maker yeah. you know so it's much more than just like oh here take your stuff yeah yeah <laughs> something deeper man this is a you called it the imprintome? Yeah, it's not. That's, I mean, it, it, it's really interesting because what you're talking about is healing generational trauma. And that's, oh. a, that's, a, complicated, that's a complicated thing to think about. And I, I didn't plan on talking about this on the podcast, but in the psychedelic medicine world, of course, you experience that. You experience things that pass down from the lineage, either your you know, paternal lineage, your maternal lineage, things that have happened in, in your line. It, you certainly feel like you have you get the opportunity to work with that on a spiritual level but what you're saying is that there's actually epigenetic triggers that are happening and then and so you know just just for a moment to just have some compassion and sympathy that people are suffering the wounds and traumas that their parents and their grandparents suffered and you know I'm Jewish and you know my parents escaped from Russia not my parents, but my great, great, great grandparents escaped from Russia during the pogroms. 
So, and they were being persecuted by the Russians. I was, I was Jewish, I'm right. Jewish. And, but there's, if you're, so that's a couple generations away. So I haven't really felt that necessarily in my own field. But now as we get closer, we're talking about Jews who have had their grandparents go through the Holocaust. We're talking about people of color who have been, you know, subject to just ridiculous amounts of racism and some of the, and so the sexism that's occurred and also the just personal trauma, sexual trauma, all of this stuff. There's so much that comes from our ancestors and just like the compassion is, we're so quick to judge people, you know, and like, oh, I can't yeah. believe this person is like, well, you don't even know what they're carrying, not only from a spiritual standpoint, but actually from an epigenetic standpoint, they may be carrying oh a God. lot, yes. a lot. So just everybody, like, let's give a little bit of grace to everybody else out there, knowing that there's a lot that we all have to deal with. Absolutely. And what you're saying on the epigenetic side, and just, I guess, for for listeners to maybe get a bigger grasp of what it is, because we're epigenetic, genetic, epigenetic, whatever, just... Uh, um, a two minute on an epi, uh, what the epigenetic is, our epigenome is back in the year uh, 2000, 2001, we wanted to calculate the human g genome to really understand how mm -hmm. many genes, et cetera, was inside the human. And I think everybody remembers the human genome project, right? And then, let me see if I remember this off the top of my head. Um, we were estimating he the, the humans to have about uh, a billion genes, one billion, right? Um, but we saw... So we started, we did this by extrapolation. We saw that a grain of rice had 52,000 genes, okay? Um, mosquito, if I'm not mistaken, 100 and something thousand genes, 172,000 genes, something like that. They need to change that one motherfucking gene that tells the mosquitoes to bite me first. Because <laughs> that motherfucker is in there and it's creating my own generational trauma bro, mosquitoes around mosquitoes. Attached to you, bro. Like mosquitoes love me, bro. They eat me alive. <laughs> Maybe, it. maybe it's because we're putting good peptides in it. I know. No, there's something there, man. <laughs> they there's get something high. there. And uh, so, but check this out. So remember, a grain of rice, 52,000 genes. You know how many genes are inside of a human? 23,000 genes. Half of the grain of rice. Half of the grain of rice. It's crazy. So it's like, wait a minute. So that's what epigenetics is. It's not, you, you're not totally so, made up. So we genes. thought there was going to be a billion. But, but there's actually, only 23,000. It actually turns out there's 23,000, which is less than actually some of the more simple organisms yep. that exist. And and what you're saying is the reason is because epigenetics is like the, it's almost like quantum computing where things can switch on and exactly. off and change, and change the code of the genes. So now bringing it back to what you were saying on the trauma and so forth, and I hope some of our listeners have their jaw dropped because I still remember when I first learned this, I'm like, wait, 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 wait hold on. There's, we have half the genes of a, pretty much of a grain of rice. So it's like, okay, so what makes this like beautiful complexity of this organism in front of me called Aubrey Marcus, right? Like how is he functioning as, you know, I thought it was the complexity of his DNA, which indeed, yes, that's true. But so what the epigenetics, what epigenetics is, is epi means over, right? So epigenetics is your environment, you, you, your, your, your whole lifestyle, everything is impacting your DNA and thus your gene expression. You're not altering your genes, but your gene expression is really what's at play, being influenced, and now we have this imprintome idea, being influenced and uh, by your past, and also gives us hope that we can actually make changes, chemical changes, which I really, biochemical changes, which I believe in and live by, 
and in, 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 I'm not saying pharmaceutical changes, I'm saying biochemical changes, bring, bringing your, your framework, your biochemical framework back to how you're designed or how, how you were made to operate. Mm -hmm. And then thus improving your, your epigenome and hopefully improving your human experience. Yeah. Amen. And one of the things that's, you know, talking about the blueprint of who we are, when I was 36, I found that I was just, I was getting depressed. It was difficult. Like I'd always loved working out. I've been, I've been working out my whole life. I've been an athlete my whole life. I didn't want to go to the gym anymore. I couldn't recover quite right. And I was like, something's off, something's off. So I went and got my blood drawn and got my hormones checked. And what they saw was sex hormone binding globulin was through the roof. And of course I was right in the middle of, you know, the founding and, and being the CEO of on it and in a polyamorous relationship and a lot of things. So my stress level was extraordinarily high. And what the doctor explained to me at that point is that stress and sex hormone binding globulin, which if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it soaks up the free available testosterone that you have in your body. Absolutely. So not only was my testosterone low, which I think has a lot of other environmental causes, the kind of estrogenic world that we live in from all the plastics and all the things that we do, but also because of my sex hormone binding globulin being so high, I had almost like very, very little te actual testosterone available. So I got on testosterone replacement therapy then. And I don't, I don't talk about my own health that much, but I really feel like now, because now that I'm with Vailana and I got you know, started working with biohacks to actually figure things out, I wanted to share it because, you know, so starting at 36, I got on testosterone replacement therapy and fucking A, <laughs> fucking A. It was like, it was like better living through science. I was like, holy shit, yeah. I'm back, baby. Yeah. I'm fucking back. And there's, I think people don't understand testosterone, first of all. I think they think of it like, oh, it's all about, you know, yeah. macho. And it was like so much more about how my brain was working. Like I felt like I was me again, right. you know, like the world was all difficult and hard. And then all of a sudden I started replacing some of the hormones that I was no longer producing or was getting absorbed by my sex hormone binding globulin. And it was like, oh, I got this. I got this. We're good. We're yeah. good. Everybody. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm gonna call a meeting. <laughs> I want to let everybody know. We're good. <laughs> and that's really the effect that it had. And of course it had physical effects too. It was easier to put on muscle and, and whatnot, but I was always in great shape, you know, but really as far as from a psychological perspective, it was a fucking miracle. Dude, and look, I just even before I make some comments here, cause a lot of people will say, oh, testosterone replacement therapy, whatever, testosterone causes cancer and so forth. Um, yeah. It absolutely will cause cancer if it's not bioidentical, if it's not like the one we're properly using. And I say we're because I'm I also use that stuff and a lot more. Uh, yep. um, I'm, but everything the, the philosophy is to use bioidentical substances which your body is no is deficient in, doesn't have the resources to produce because again a lot of environmental factors are not allowing us to actually produce that. And then you get guys like you, and now I'm going to include myself because i started biohacks um or started understanding the science behind biohacks i was 30 
I was a researcher at Cleveland Clinic and uh, just basically getting diagnosed with depression. Mm. And just same thing, you know, went to see my hormone profile and et cetera, no energy, no focus. And I have no shame in saying this. My sex life was like pretty much starting to go out the window. I was really, I was with my beautiful wife already. So it was like, what the heck's going on? And same thing. And then when, once, once you replace what's missing, okay, not add something, um, different than the body's producing, but replace what's missing. It's a whole new life. I like to joke around. I say it's the hustler serum. That's where it's like, you're like, bro, I got this here. Vitality, mood, energy, focus, concentration gets better. And I'll even give you an example. I see this in the company all the time. You know, Miss, you know, Mrs. Smith brings Mr. Smith, right? And she's like, oh my God, he's so grumpy. And she's, you know, 78, he's 82 or something like that. And then all of a sudden he's never done any hormonal replacement therapy or anything like that. You give him a little bit of testosterone cream or something like that. He perks up. He starts to feel better. Even spatial recognition improves. If you start talking to the person, mm. lots of times it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not losing myself so much. Mm. Or I'm not going from, from the bathroom uh, to, to, to the kitchen. I'm like, oh, what am I doing here again? It, that starts mm. to improve. And it's not only about those like physical gains, et cetera. So I'm, yeah, totally with you, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that we live in a, we live in a world in a, in a way that's, not like our ancestors lived. Like we're we're a, we're an animal. We're a primal, savage primate, and we're not living the life of a primal, savage primate. No. We're not in a tribe. We're not connected with the oxytocin of always being linked with our brothers and our and our wives and our children and you know hunting and out in nature and long periods of just parasympathetic rest and then short yes. bursts of intensity in a hunt or in a fight or something. We're not living that life. We're mostly just wired all the time trying to accomplish and do and create companies and build stuff. And it's beautiful. I love our current life. I'm not trying to say that I would like to romanticize and go back and regress, you know, to our ancestors. Life. Maybe sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish I could, but ultimately like I do love our life, but the lifestyle needs to have an equal countermeasure to actually support us the animal us right to be able to function in this kind of unnatural environment for us as animals right you 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 just mentioned something i always talk about you know like before i'm going to speak very like rudimentary here we had our little cave you know, we would have those sympathetic rushes, run from a, you know, run from a tiger, you know, like mm-hmm. hunt some food, a fight or something like that. And then we would shut off. Nowadays, we don't shut off. We're constantly yeah. on. That email comes in, the, you know, the the issues with uh, work and the phone doesn't stop, et cetera. You know, we're, we're constantly on. I mean, our wearables are telling us, right, constantly. And, uh, you know, I actually have two cell phones, man. I uh, Every once a year for about a month, I'll disconnect. I'll only use a phone that my assistant, my mm-hmm. wife, my mom, dad, and attorney yeah, have. the bat phone. Yeah, it's like, and I'll disconnect for a bit. And I actually go into deep study and so forth. Um, but... What ultimately that does, it leads us to, as humans, into uh, we start to regress chemically really bad, really, really bad. And then on top of that, we're using other agents, you know, on our daily living, like the, to clean our body, the detergents and soaps and so forth, and that are start to hurt us. And then on top of that, to try to fix it, we use medications that are not addressing the biochemistry at all. Yeah, they're just addressing the symptoms of what we're experiencing. So exactly, and rather than the root cause of what we're experiencing, which is toxic buildup from our environmental causes, or you know, 
depletion of the natural hormonal balance of what we have you know and it's it's funny because like the most the best person you can possibly be is the person with all of your hormones balanced and flourishing right absolutely and it's like i think sometimes people think like oh testosterone that's what makes men violent and that's the shadow mask and it's like no, no, no. This is necessary no. for any man, the loving father, Absolutely. the romantic lover, the, you know, the leader, the every good aspect that you ever want. And that's not just in men, it's in women too. Women need testosterone as well, just different amounts. Absolutely. But nonetheless, like it's a part of every every aspect of our life, and that's really what I felt when when I first, you know, experienced like replacing the hormones that that I had lost, it was like, oh shit! Like here I am again. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm home, and that that was a really profound thing. Now, at that point, I didn't have the I didn't have the kind of I didn't have the awareness about what how this might affect certain things downstream. And this circles back to the fertility thing, because one of the things that happens, you know, I was 36 then in a polyamorous relationship. I was not thinking about fertility. <laughs> In fact, the less fertility, the better. <laughs> right. You know, at that point. So when you take testosterone, your fertility can actually dry up, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got to the... So I was on testosterone, just testosterone, for, I guess, five years. And then Vailana and I are finally talking about having kids. So I was like, all right, well, let's let's see what what's happening now i'm pretty sure i'm not producing any sperm at all but let's check to make sure sure enough go to the sperm bank or whatever the the mm, right. fertility clinic and give a donate well i actually actually they let you give a donation at home now which is like oh, way cooler way better, than yeah. that and it and it was literally zero and this was you know right before we went out to the jake paul fight and so when when we met you know, that was one of the things that was on my mind was like, all right, you know, I've had this thing. It's worked really well. I felt like that one lever, just moving that one lever has significantly up leveled my life and, you know, brought me back to kind of a normal balanced state, but it's, you know, it's dried up all my fertility. So we got to switch some things around. And that's where, you know, you guys at Biohacks started to put together you know, a, a program for me. We're just kind of starting that program, but I'm actually surprised at how, you know, how smooth the transition has been because I've transitioned pretty much mostly off the testosterone. But I'll, I'll let you, I'll pass this over to you here to talk about, you know, talk about what happens when, what happens to fertility when you're on testosterone, like it happened to me, and then what, you know, some of the solutions that we're working with actually look like. Yeah, so um, I know it's been pretty smooth, and I heard some of your clothes is fitting a little tighter now. I heard. Yeah, actually, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I've put on, I've actually put on more muscle in the, since since getting on the new protocol, which is surprising to me because I'm taking less testosterone. Exactly. So I wanted to start off there because lots of times the guys are like, "Why don't they want to get off of testosterone?" It's like because I'm gonna wither away. <laughs> you know? yeah. so it's like, I'm gonna get. Uh, um, uh, I'm gonna turn. Uh, you know, very skinny, whatever. So and that, also, just a note: like, you can't just take testosterone and put on muscle. You got to work out. 
too. Yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> you know, like, of course, like it's not just like this is not you know something like you got to fucking hit it. And yeah. you know, I've, that's what I've been doing my whole life is is hitting it hard. And you do that though, and then all of a sudden you start to see like, oh wow, all right. You've put what twelve pounds? Twelve pounds on twelve pounds. And uh, no, but he, and here here's the idea. Um, when when you're you're starting to prepare the body or bodies um, to to make a human, which that's sacred, man. That's super, super sacred, right? I I mean, you, some would say the most sacred. Yeah, yeah, it is, exactly. I agree with you. I just had our first baby, as you know, six-month-old, mm-hmm. you know, a little Apollo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going through that process right now. But so once you start to, to remove that testosterone, the exogenous testosterone from your body, the idea is to get your body to produce um endogenous your own testosterone so i for example we we had the baby i never got off because when your body's producing your own testosterone you're also producing sperm somehow those two things are linked if you're not producing testosterone then you're then you're not producing sperm and when you're taking in bioidentical testosterone your body recognizes your body's fucking smart your body recognizes hey we got enough testosterone let's stop the factories exactly we're going to stop the factories oh by the way the factories also make sperm and they were like, yeah, all right, shut it all down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, and that's what, that's what basically happened. I was getting the testosterone, so the sperm and testosterone factory shut down. And then what you're, what, what you're talking about is these other different hormones that it can actually get the body kickstarted again and say, all right, factory's back in action. We're back making Fords. Let's go. We're, <laughs> Let's making, go. Marcus, we're making Marcus vehicles again. <laughs> so, so this is my personal philosophy. Like, science philosophy at biohacks and by which i designed our you know modus operandi i don't think the guy should be shut off while he's taking the testosterone to tell you the truth and lots of it goes into the dosing protocols okay because you know the traditional oh 200 milligram just you see a lot in these clinics 200 milligram testosterone shot once a week yeah that's going to shut you off because you're going to have that huge peak right of testosterone which when you take that shot even though like hey you're trying to hit a 900 so testosterone goes from 300 to about 1200 depends on the labs Mm -hmm. some labs i still see go to 1500 others are coming down to 900 but let's say 1200 i think is the one i see the most um when you take that shot it's gonna go way up there Mm -hmm. that's not physiologic my whole goal is to to make the body I mean, and I'm going to speak personally. I want to. I want my body to react if I was a Spartan living with the Spartans in the Spartans' times. You know, right. like, you know, I want to have that kind of like physique, that kind of bravado, that kind of manliness that they had at that time naturally. It's not by doing one shot a week and it's going to go peak all the way up there. So one thing that happens when you do those peaks and valleys, that's when it, you you shut off the FSH, LH, the follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone activity that's going to the uh, Leydig. Uh, the Leydig cells and the Sertoli cells in the testicles and shuts them off. And then, like you said, it recognizes the testosterone but doesn't produce a sperm. So one of the reasons, one of the ways to do it is actually shut off that big peak, peak and valley. You just, you, you do, you make, you do it smaller. So yeah, you'll pin more times and obviously you don't have to pin and I told you that you don't have to pin with those big harpoon looking things. You can pin mm-hmm. with small little insulin needles uh, three to four times a week. And then in between uh, with that, you come in with with uh, uh, other hormones that will help um, 
other secretagogues that will help your FSH and LH to turn back on, like classically HCG, but there's things like gonadorelin, kispeptin, and there's even plants like Fidogia agrestis. There's a few things. Okay, so let's, so let's slow down and talk about a couple of these things because the big switch was I was on, you know, one cc of a 200 milligram cyprianate, I guess, which mm-hmm. was the exact, exactly what the testosterone was per week. And I divided it into two into two shots but that was still enough to give me the peaks and valleys to shut me off completely and then we switched over to uh doing hcg Mm -hmm. which was actually going to then allow me to start producing my own testosterone and then producing my own and actually you know (laughs) honestly my whole my whole my balls actually came back <laughs> as well right <laughs> you know because that when they weren't when they were that's the factory and when the factory was shut down you know the factory <laughs> was shut down and uh and so that happened real really quite fast and i i kind of expected that to take a a while longer but mm-hmm. it felt like oh wow and i haven't gotten my sperm checked again it's only been about a month since i've been on the acg but it feels like, and and uh, and I look forward to verifying this. It feels like it's quite possible that I might be back yeah. on and fertile again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm at this point. I'm pretty confident that you are, and and even and you know, and this is what we kind of try to do, like especially for guys that have been on uh, testosterone replacement therapy for so, quite some time. And every guy is very different, okay? Because it's not some guys could take. Uh, a shot of testosterone and and their f their pituitary uh gonadal axis will act different than you know another guy some guys will take less to shut off and other it's what we call medicine negative feedback right so that's very different for for most males but the thing is you can what, what you start to do is is squeeze that testosterone protocol and split it up as much as possible and then concomitantly scale that secretagogue but not we're not only doing that and and something big also that we're doing what's the secretagogue secretagogue so so it's it's uh, a a hormone in this case that will make your body secrete its own um, its own hormone um, so in, that's the HCG. That's, HCG, HCG is a secretagogue. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's just fa- it's an expression for for those type of hormones that are making your body produce its own. Okay. Um, Got it. So so now, it's not only that activity that we're doing. That's also not 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 only not letting you lose the the muscle mass, but gain muscle mass, get leaner, um, where you're you're feeling your gonads or your tes- testes come back online, etc. And then hopefully we're gonna have a, a successful sperm count. But also the other stuff that we're doing, you know, the micronutrients and so mm-hmm. forth. I mean, just you know, for listeners to understand, it's not we're definitely doing something way deeper than than just looking at your hormones and taking the testosterone sure. and so forth. I mean, the micronutrients, peptides, we're looking at yeah, chemical it's a holistic, toxicity. It's a, it's a holistic picture to actually get anywhere near health. And, and I think that's also one of the big problems with medicine is it gets very myopic. It oh. focuses on one symptom and one chemical solution to that, to that symptom. And sometimes that works great. You know, if you have a staph infection and you take an antibiotic, course, right? Yeah, like it's like, all right, one to one. This is the this is the problem. This is the solution. Fixed it, you know, and perfect. And and blessings, blessings to allopathic pharmaceutical medicine for having those solutions available. Absolutely. You know, like it's very important. 
But ultimately, if you don't take in the whole 360 degree, including the energy, including the micronutrients, including the whole function of the system, mindset, every other aspect, you really have no chance at holistic, like full vibrancy, full fuck, full health. Right. And there's, there's, there's even, so with, uh, with certain peptides and things that we're, we're, we're using with you, um, and the next thing I'd love to, you know, perhaps see you, see you on, which is very also conducive for fertility is thymus therapy even, you know, mm -hmm. which is, I know that's like a big, like, but you know, the thymus gland, that's so important, you know, not your thyroid, I'm saying thymus gland, right? The, uh, where, where even the ancients used to tap your, their thymus, you know. So where's the thymus? The thymus is in the so, upper part of the chest? It's part of the chest. In, in medical school, first year, a lot of you know, doctors watching this will probably remember a question that we use. Some medical schools do. You get a little x-ray of a baby's chest and then with a little arrow on an exam, right? And they're asking, what's the structure? And it's pointing to what looks like the heart. And you're like, the teacher's giving me a freebie here. And you write heart and everybody gets it wrong. It's the thymus gland. So the thymus gland's huge when you're when you're born and it's regu I mean, it regulates your, your immune system. And then as you're, as you're, dying and in, involuting basically you almost can't even find it when you're older wow. yeah and, the, and there's there's studies now there's a trial you, you the listeners can pull up it's called the trim trial which is the uh, study published in aging cell that shows how you can actually reverse uh a, the aging process they did nine nine males and they were able to reverse their age by two years um and trim trial stands for thymic regeneration immunorestoration and insulin mitigation. So it's not only to, to, to provoke the best, uh, the best ambiance for fertility. Yes. Adjusting the hormone protocols, et cetera, but also preparing the body for such a sacred event, especially the female body. Which is so how, so, um, how do you go about addressing the thymus? What, like, what do you, what do you feel from both a medical and, a, and also a metaphysical perspective about like, like, what is the thymus? Like, how do you see it when you, when you see it? If you were going to mythologize it, you know, and also then, you know, talk materialist, reductionist, scientist, doctor, you know, talk, talk, talk both about this. You explained a little bit about where it is and, and whatnot, but like give people a sense of like, what is it? I think it's, well, on a, I'll start on a personal, I think right now it's like, it's wrong to say this, but I think it's like my favorite organ, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's all the other like, organs just like, just lowered their head in shame. All the glands balls, are like, I love you guys, but. <laughs> you know what? I did my best and Dr. D still has his favorites and I don't know what I got to do for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> but. Well, fucking thymus over here just shrinking away and he loves it the most. Watch my balls shut off tonight <laughs> with my wife. What'd you say earlier today? <laughs> no, but but no, it's so cool. And we like in med school, we barely addressed it, right? And it, what it does, it's programming um, your T cells and and your immune system um, to defend the the body. To to so 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 you, you know you have your like Th seventeen cell. I mean, it gets pretty like technical but you know they're releasing these cytokines and tumor mm -hmm. necrosis factor alpha and things like that that are going to fight 
the physical triggers of immune response that are coming into the body, which are the, the chemicals, the excitotoxins, which is a nasty topic, which is like blue one and, and, uh, and, uh, MSGs and, mm -hmm. and all, you know, they're in sweeteners and so forth that your body's going to use these, these, these T cells and what they're going to release to go fight these things. And the, the thymus gland is the one regulating this whole thing. But the crazy part is it's like this, this headquarters of protection that's dying as you're aging. Mm. And then eventually part of death is your immune system being overwhelmed. Mm. Now your thymus gland, as the trim trial is showing, um, is, is the one that's salvaging that, that that's the one that's helping your immune system to survive. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, lots of times when you feel that tightness in your chest, like somebody tells you, it's like something happened or people will say, yeah, it's your heart, etc. But also, is it not your thymus gland? Mm. And also, and, and it, yeah, because in those situations of stress, that's when you get sick, right? It, it's absolutely. Like when you're when you're feeling that that compression in your in your chest and and it feels like your heart's closing. Well, if your heart and your thymus are closely so yeah, right located there. and connected, and in that same energy center, right, mm -hmm. the energy center of your heart, where you feel things kind of shut down when you get stressed. Well, that's when you get sick. Yeah, and so it's actually kind of another way to look at why we get sick when we're stressed or when we're actually in some ways quote heartbroken even though the heart can never be broken but that everybody knows what i'm talking about that feeling of just being absolutely you know so so and just so you know thymus therapy was first i was remembering here i was trying to remember when when i think first documented physician uh, first physician documented treatments with it uh dr endel endelberg in um in Sweden, since 1938, he was using it on used a, uh, f used it on 50,000 cancer patients, and there's a lot of research in regards to this too. So good for autoimmune, fertility, etc. But just basically preparing the body uh, back to being healed. And what I was telling you, like the thymus gland is releasing these cells that which those are releasing. Um, like interleukin six, interleukin, you know, all, all these these cytokines that are going to fight things that are mm -hmm. hurting your body, but at the same time. A lot of medications that we take shut off the thymus, not the thymus, but the things, the cytokines that the thymus is releasing. I'll give mm -hmm. you an example. Um, so it's killing the soldiers that are coming out of the factory. Exactly. So for example, you know, like uh, um, methotrexate shuts off tumor necrosis factor alpha. What's methotrexate? So it's a medication for like use for rheumatoid arthritis and so mm -hmm. forth, like a MTX, right? There's like call it medicine, whatever. It shuts off. Uh, that tumor necrosis factor alpha that is being released, I think, by TH17, which is a cell being released by the thymus gland. Nuts. Mm. <laughs> so as that process is in, in involuting, you lose that ability to fight it. But then at the same time, you're taking medications that are shutting that thing off. So it's like, wow. all right. So how do you how do you create a thriving thymus? So, um, number one, removal of um, I, 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 I use this term a lot, physical triggers of immune response because immune response, the thymus gland. So you don't want to overwhelm it. Right. Um, actually before even that, um, sometimes I, I, I watch where, where I'm having this conversation with you, I can definitely have this conversation. So let's re let's go to an upper level spiritually. Your, your mind does not run on reality. Your mind runs on your perception of reality. Mm hmm so if you are in that state that you're running from the lion mm -hmm. every day, all day, and you can't shut yourself off, there's so many studies that the adrenal gland goes through the roof, cortisol action goes super high, 
and literally cortisol like starts to rot your thymus gland. Mm -hmm. So the activity of the, of, of, of the cortisol and high levels of stress, because what is stress? High levels of cortisol. Well, the body's preparing to do something that it knows should be acute. And during, it, you know, we're, we're always trying to maximize the energy that we have in right. our body. We have a certain amount of energy we try to maximize. All right, there's a stressor. There's something we need to run from. There's something we need to fight for. There's something we need to, we must do. All right, well, let's shut down all of the other energy systems, give everything to our adrenal and musculoskeletal energy and ATP. Let's fucking go balls out, hit the nitrous tanks. We got a sprint here. Yeah. And that's beautiful and brilliant like thank you body for having that fucking intelligence however we are just not living a lifestyle where we're actually shutting off because those situations where short bursts of intensity and long periods of rest that's not what we're experiencing we're always on we're always running we're always fighting we're always doing these things so the cortisol is always high and with that all of the immune function and production of the thymus is then getting shut down yeah exactly it's the and like you said when 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 you're in this like um you know forebrain hindbrain kind of mentality or like lifestyle um your your immune your body kind of when it's in like that sympathetic go 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 your immune system takes a toll and thus like you said you get sick yeah um so that would be the first first way i would say you know mindfulness and you know just really get in tune with you know like I really like what you said, like long periods of parasympathetic activity and just... You, you know what? You know what's an interesting an interesting thing to note is uh, since 2021, like end of 2021, basically all of 2022, the only time I got sick, I got, I got COVID twice and it wasn't bad, but I got it twice. But typically in a year, I would get colds and a flu and, you know, I would get sick. But... Actually, since I've started doing my, you know, regular ketamine cannabis therapy, really, which is my sacrament, mm -hmm. which is my place where I can actually deeply, deeply relax. I'm talking like quantum parasympathetic. Like I'm like so relaxed that I'm, I'm I feel, I literally, I go into these journeys and I ask myself, can I let go more? Can I let go more? Can I let go more? Oh yeah. How about more? about surrender more and I just go deeper 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 and it's so restorative that even though people around me and different you know Vailana's gotten sick a couple times and different people who are staying in my house people are sick I used to always catch things from people but I didn't I have not gotten sick and I think really the only explanation is that I'm actually giving myself in in those in those experiences the deepest deepest rest possible and i can feel it happening i feel this surge of life force this chi this energy that floods over my body and really i i also because of my own metaphysical and spiritual beliefs i'm super grateful for those beings ascended masters energies entities archetypes or the one source of all that is love beauty intelligence of of all of the universe whatever is pouring through me is happening when i get to that deep state of rest and i feel i feel restored and it's been the healthiest i've been from a sickness perspective right period and the only thing that i can use to explain it is the fact that i'm actually have a practice now that allows me that type of deep rest. And, and I'll tell you, 
from a, a science guy that likes to make the bridge and my essence is uh you know i always say the uh the the the, the normal isn't our regular life the normal is the paranormal <laughs> you yeah. know so a guy that likes to understand you know take that deep dive i really believe when you do that most namely and i don't mean to like have some favoritism for glands again here <laughs> but the adrenal gland and the thymus gland they really they really reset man yeah you know? everything so, everything gets to everything gets to just relax and take a nap but then now when you come to people like us at biohacks so we want to take it up a notch <laughs> so yeah of course so then so that's step one give it some rest yeah basics absolutely <laughs> basics you know, it's one just one. like you know figure out a routine um mindfulness etc um follow Aubrey Marcus's footsteps. <laughs> I mean, I can't recommend that you follow my footsteps, but it works works fucking really good for me. I know a lot of people that follow your footsteps. They're doing great. Um, and uh, then two would be to lower um, um, triggers of immune response. So maybe consider you know, walking around your place. Walk, you know, take you know, get up on that mountain of life and take some inventory on what you're putting into your body, on everything you're consuming, on the chemicals that are around you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and start with your cleaning products. There's not that many, because the food, everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, I like this restaurant, I like this, how do I know? Like, okay, good. Start with the, the stuff you're, you're cleaning your body with, yeah. right? Your deter detergents, your soaps, et cetera. There's so many things that are around us that are, are hurting our, our body, our system, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, foods. Right. Uh, foods is another one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just so people know, like I, I wrote about it in my book, Own the Day. There's, I mean, an incredibly high percentage of what you put on your skin, especially if you put it in your armpits or on your on your nuts or like on like certain parts yeah. of your neck. And, you know, there's certain places where it's actually even higher, but the rates are extraordinarily high. Like Absolutely. above 80% in a lot of places, mm -hmm. which is so we think like, oh, well, if I'm not eating it, you know, it's not like I'm eating it. Well, you're basically eating 80% of it. So if you wouldn't eat it, and this is what I say in my book, like if you wouldn't eat it, if you wouldn't eat the stuff you're putting on your skin, don't fucking use it. True. Right? Like, cause it's going to get in you anyways. So just because oh. you don't just, are you just being a little, little sissy? You don't like the taste? Like, you know, like <laughs> might as well fucking eat it. You know, like if you, but if you wouldn't do that, think again I'm gonna about take that what you're doing. You. Sorry. Yeah. I'll quote you. I'll quote you every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. That's really good. Because like, man, the stuff that you put in your body has such a huge influence on, on your, on your makeup and you know, what, I mean, just everything about you right and that like we do and, and what most people don't understand nowadays we can actually quantify this we there's laboratories i, I really like uh um uh, I, I i don't have any business association with this lab but i just really like their work cyrix laboratories i mean they're the first guys to uh have the to, to they pioneered the leaky gut test in the united states intestinal mm -hmm. permeability like these guys are all about understanding you know the immune system and and uh the effects of environment on our immune system so there's there's awesome labs that you can actually see okay i actually have a little bit of an issue with this chemical this etc this i've had some exposure and it's causing uh, some kind of havoc in, inside of me. And you can bet your butt, if you see that there, you're going to start to see, then when you do lots of times a hormone panel, it's like, oh, why did that happen? The heck? I'm 28 years old. My testosterone is 300. Yeah, buddy. That's the, you know, in my opinion, one of the 
pandemics we're having is male testosterone levels are dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping and and you know it's very different from from the levels that you know our grandparents had we've gone mm -hmm. through two agricultural revolutions and the gmos in the year 2000 and uh and the pesticides in the 70s so you know and it's not getting any better but then going back to the thymus and how to optimize that thymus gland you know then that's when you once you you take inventory on the things that you perhaps can live a cleaner life and save some money too, man. Cause like lots of times you're, you'll, you'll notice you're, you're, you people say, Oh, it's, it's, it's so expensive to be healthy. I'm like, no, take out gluten, take out dairy and clean and use some clean products. And you just see the difference you're, you're going to see. Even like parents that tell me, Oh my God, my kid, I can't get him to sit down. And I don't want to get into this whole topic right now with ADHD, et cetera. You know, I, I have my reservations with that topic. Um, but just remove those excitotoxins from their life. Mm -hmm. get them to stop playing call of duty all the time right um and 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 clean out their diet a little bit take out that gluten take out you know even if you can't afford to do all those tests etc but the thing is we do those tests we were able to map that 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 out and then show the person okay these things are harming you then once that's done and we help the person to modify that lifestyle the next thing is okay um let's look at what the body's missing and and um peptides is definitely a topic i always land on because i think it's the future of medicine peptides well so before we get to peptides i mean i think of course there's the whole micronutrients thing we don't need to spend a lot oh of time yeah i on skipped that. that one I we skipped don't need that to spend a lot of time on micronutrients we get it like the best thing we can do is have you know eat the most diverse foods but even eating the most diverse foods a lot of times they're not coming from soil even if it's organic, doesn't mean that the soil actually has all of the minerals and nutrients that it, no, that it used to have or that it once had. I mean, you move from a monocropped plot of land and you're like, all right, we're done with the glyphosate, you know, organic, great, but the soil is already fucking destroyed. So we're not getting the same, we're not getting the same type of nutrition that we are from the from the animals that eat the grass. Hopefully you're having grass-fed meat. I mean, that's a big Absolutely, deal. Yeah. But we're not getting the same kind of nutrition that we used to get. So taking a look at the at the nutrients is important. And just to give one study that to show people, you know, how effective this is, they did a study on, I think it was paroled uh, kids from a juvenile detention center. And they gave one group, uh, just a multivitamin, multi-mineral multi multivitamin, really cheap. And then they gave the other group nothing, placebo. Mm. And then they measured the recidivism rate like would those kids go back to juvenile hall right and it was like 40 percent decrease in the group that just had a fucking multivitamin so we think that like people are just bad people again no. like they're just this is a fucking bad kid or maybe he's just malnourished and full of toxins and actually could use a lot of love a good hug and maybe a stronger you know like a stronger influence parental influence okay got it all that but just changing the micronutrients themselves not the macronutrients we're not talking yeah. about protein Proteins, fat carbs, carbohydrates yeah. we're talking about just the micronutrients with the basic i'm sure in the study it wasn't like the fucking designer vitamin of all time it was more like a fucking flintstones vitamin probably but nonetheless like it made a significant difference in behavior that would land them back in juvenile hall so, so the guy, just to significantly back you up, um, the guy that has, I believe, the largest, he's deceased, uh, database in terms of neuropsychiatric disorders and treating all of them with micronutrients alone, alone. Talk about 
hardcore schizophrenia, bipolar, ADHD, all these things is uh, William Walsh. He has mm -hmm. a great book called Nutrient Power. It's called uh, Heal Your a Nutrient Power, and then the subtitles Heal Your Biochemistry, Heal Your Brain. It's a powerful, powerful book. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit technical. You'll read one page like, whoops, let me go back and because yep. it talks about uh, methylation and and uh, different biochemical pathways, but absolutely micronutrients you know um are essential for the functioning of the body the thymus gland and your 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 mind and lots of times you'll see uh people that and this this is my probably could the community that i have the biggest no it is for sure i have the biggest passion for is a lot of these homeless people that were like oh man get a job and so it's like no 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 his brain more than likely is not working right the way it should and many times it's either chemically induced or you know, there's a little a genetic pathway there that's a little off, you know. So, yeah, micronutrients. And we also, we don't do the guessing game, as you know. We map out, you know, hey, how much selenium, CoQ10, and, 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 and vitamin E, all that stuff is in your body, and then readjust that. And then ultimately, uh, this is something, the last step I definitely want to take in terms of diagnostics, not last step in the end, but <laughs> one of the next steps I want to take in terms of diagnostics with you is actually map out your DNA to do a proper designer protocol according to certain mm -hmm. um, um, genetic factors that you might have. So it's lifestyle, environmental, and then the DNA. Because, so for example, I, I, one thing when we were talking about hormones, I'm ex genetically, my DNA, I'm super estrogen dominant. Mm. now is there one of the reservations i have with of course the whole kind of dna mm. model is is just the ultimate faith in the epigenetic model in the in my belief that through actually you know as joe dispenza who wrote in his book you were yeah. the placebo like through your mind you can actually trigger different epigenetic epigenetic switches to change your base dna so it's not the it's not the kind of life sentence that people the fate that people thought it once was oh it's in your genes no. no we have the ability to adjust our genes all the time absolutely but however there are some certain baseline aspects of gene expressions that just change things even with the layer of epigenetics which i put the most faith in what you're saying is basically it's still worth looking at the dna even though the epigenetic layer can actually alter a lot of that as well i'll I don't want to ruffle the feathers of some of my friends that are CEOs at some of these companies, but I'll, I'll, um, and it's something I, 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 I use personally, even for myself and so forth. Um, I, I want to understand certain pathways in my body that need to be strengthened mm -hmm. from a nutritional standpoint, et cetera. You know, just so for example, the fact that I'm estrogen dominant, um, is something that I, I need to know, you know, and yeah, the epigenome can help me with that, et cetera. But also Okay, knowing that, I give it. I say in my total in the totality of my health program, I give it about a ten percent strength in the whole thing. You mm -hmm. know, uh, just again because of my faith in the epigenome. And one thing, for example, you know, like uh, you hear all the time, oh, person got cancer. Well, bad luck. No, 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 no. One in ten cancers is actually like genetic, genetic, genetic. Like when you have like a, a, a familial adenomatosis, polyposis, an HNPCC gene, like, okay, all right, that's, you know, big deal. Uh, but a lot of these cancers are responsive, uh, the genes are responsive to um, environmental 
what I mean, turning them on and turning them off, the expression of the gene. I personally, I have a bad gene for my heart. It's called MYBPC3. I was born with it. It's there. Doesn't mean I'm going to wake it up, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. live a lifestyle not to wake up that gene, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it is a little dicey, you know? Some people say, oh, I don't know if I want to know all this, et cetera. But then if you have faith in the epigenome, right? then it's like, okay, I know I can get to work on this and use it as a motivator. And that's where the mindset part comes in. Use it as a motivator to adjust, um, I mean, effectively the rest of your life. One of the things that I've, you know, I've kind of struggled with understanding what I actually believe about it is there's some people who have, there's a certain breast cancer gene. Right. And, uh, and I don't, I don't exactly know what it is, but I know that there's certain people with that gene who decide to actually remove their breast tissue in advance of actually anything bad happening, you know? So in that instance, it seems to me like, man, I'm not sure that that's the right choice. I guess because of my belief in the epigenome and like, yeah, you may have that and it may, it may have like a proclivity to express in a certain way, but you have far more agency over that than you realize. So I don't know. I'm not going to quote here off the top of my head. And everything I'm saying is backed by a ton of studies and so forth. And I can everything I've said on this podcast is coming off of. Yeah, we'll do our best to put a lot of it in the oh, show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll, for sure. Uh, I insist on doing that because it, it, that's how it should be when you're discussing medicine, right? But um, I there's, there's studies showing how... Um, for example, uh, the the BRCA BRCA one BRCA two genes. I believe those are the genes you're you're, you're speaking of. Um, they are ex- they're extremely sensitive to um, uh, diendylmethane, which is found in cruciferous mm-hmm. vegetables, right? Um, and that's where sprouting and so forth. These people that have that issue that have the BRCA gene, and it, it's powerful. The if I'm if if I'm not mistaken it's around around 80 percent reduction in the expression of that gene it's it's r- ridiculous it's like wait a minute something as simple as dim right the mm-hmm. thing which is found in uh in broccolis yes there's a lot of studies in regards to this and i can pull these studies up i'm not going to quote i don't want to say anything wrong here but i'll i'll uh i'll throw them up um i'll throw it at you guys so you guys can mm-hmm. connect it to the podcast here so you're saying that in you know and that's the that's manipulating the epigenome again right so so that's one of the defenses if you do if you do have one of these gene expressions you know having high levels of diendomethane will ha- actually help you mm-hmm. you know help prevent you from expressing absolutely that you should be on a protocol like that like when when uh the the, the cardiologist that I worked with and saw that I had this MYBPC3 gene thing. He's like, oh, you know, oh, there you go. And um, you're going to have this and this and this one and put me on medication. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I, you know, obviously the conversation didn't go too far um, with him. Um, I know other cardiologists are very open-minded to this, but um, I said, no, I'm not going to wake up this gene. I'm going to, you know, number one, intention and thought. Yep. And, you know, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm going to keep this gene dormant and I'm going to do my part to live a life to keep to to not have this um you know to develop in this case i would it develops cardiomyopathy basically right big heart um and uh as you know i train like a dog <laughs> i feel great yeah yep. you know uh my new year's resolution was actually training with uh cyborgs pro tr- uh, pro team in jujitsu so 
<laughs> I mean, you got a you got a bandaid over your nipple there. It looks like somebody ripped it off. Oh yeah, I got it. You actually caught that. There you go. <laughs> I got a cut there. Actually, it wouldn't stop bleeding. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I mean, this is. I actually think that also you know just to speak on that for a minute as well. I, you know, I have an organization called Fit for Service where we bring people through you know of all genders through transformation and we have a there's another organization that i deeply respect that i'm friends with called sacred sons Hmm. and they do the same thing but just for men and in their men's programs i haven't attended but my friend charles eisenstein's attended and a lot of other brothers that i know have attended this and one of the things they get these men to do is they actually is sacred combat so they box or they wrestle or whatever and a lot of people you know like charles 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 Eisenstein wrote an article, an essay called I Like to Fight. And he tells the story about how he went there and he, you know, he's never really fought in his cool. life, you know, and and he gets there and they ask him if he's if he's interested and they find a well-suited person. He's like, yeah. And then and they're like, all right, well, why do you want to fight? He's like, well, I was I was attacked during the whole COVID era and I didn't I didn't wasn't able to fight back. You know, so I don't, I want to know that there's really fight in me and that I wasn't doing that. I was actually doing that for the right reasons. And it wasn't just because I was scared and I want to know that I can fight. And then he gets in this actual physical confrontation in the sacred, in the sacred combat. And it woke something up and gave him a little trust about who he was as a man. And I don't think it's just important for men. I think I mean, we have cats that you've probably heard, you know, meowing (laughs) on this podcast, their brother and sister. And we, when they play, they play full out. They go at each other and they give each other hell and then they stop and then they'll cuddle and then they'll lick each other. And it's just kind of like part of, I think what our birthright is, is to actually see what we're made of when we put our physicality against another person. Absolutely. And and if you don't do that, I don't think you actually understand your blueprint as an animal. Can and I, I think it's really important. I I um I was telling um my wife the other day, she didn't like this idea too much at first, but uh, you know, I was telling her, I'm going to tell our son that maybe it's a good idea for him to engage in combat at least once a week, you know, as as an, an adulting male. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something I try to do. You know, I spar or whatever. Um, you know, um, more than once a week, but it just, that, I believe that's also part of me releasing whatever's in there, you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. uh, not only those periods of mindfulness, et cetera, but this period, like the period where I go back into just like pure, like human, pure raw, pure, like, a- a- yeah, the animal side inside of me, right. You know, sex and fight and all that. That's the, that's the animal inside of us. Right. And I believe I need to be in tune with that too. And that goes back to, I mean, the whole kind of the fulcrum of what we were talking about on the podcast is if you're chemically not right, you're not going to express that human, that animal, that right. animal dies off, bro. And right. you feel that, right? Right. You feel you feel that dying off. You feel that, um, and then there's without certain chemicals inside your body. And one that I, I'd love to touch base on because I know the world has a big taboo on it. And I'm, I, I honestly believe this chemical is having its re- renaissance or this molecule, uh, growth hormone. Growth hormone is another one that I think is is something essential in your body. You know, they say it causes cancer, so it's like wait, hold on. 
you have two huge chemical interventions in your life, puberty, and you and I will have andropause, women have menopause, right? So when do you have most cancer? During puberty or during menopause, andropause? Right after menopause, andropause. Mm -hmm. When do you have the high surges of growth hormone? Right there uh, during during puberty. I'll, I'll add another uh, research article uh, that they did on 11,000 and change, 11,000 meta-analysis on... Uh, uh, yeah, and, and what you're just to summarize for the listeners who, who may not know what he's talking about is the common the common kind of risk that people associate with growth hormone is that it could grow a tumor. Oh, yeah. And that's that's something that, you know, in talking to you, you really believe quite the opposite. And that's the that's what you're trying to say is like when the growth hormone is the highest, the body has the least amount of tumors. Cancer right there. And, right? and, and really, I think, <laughs> I think a lot of the medical model misunderstands how important energy is. Like if we have energy, it's why, it's why a ketogenic diet or ketones are so valuable because your body all of a sudden has energy. And then you read a book like Travis Christofferson's Tripping Over the Truth, Otto von Warburg's you know, metabolic theory of cancer and understanding how actually if you can wake up the mitochondria you know, through restricted ketogenic dieting and through hyperbaric oxygen and different aspects like that, you're actually gonna be able to not only, and there's not only help, you know, restore and rehabilitate your body instead of trying to fight the cancer it's like give your body enough energy to restore its health and it's just whole shift in mindset but it's like energy is absolutely important the ability to repair itself so mm -hmm. stem cells and growth hormone yes. and all of that like energy and repair repair hormones and all of that is so much more valuable than people think, you know, just to, just I feel the truth of that, mm -hmm. and there and more and more studies are coming out. There's even recent studies that are pointing to restricted ketogenic diets, so putting the body in ketosis actually helping to heal schizophrenia. My friend Eric Godsey yeah. is like wildly obsessed with these in this new research that's come out. So it's not only physical conditions, but it's actually mental health conditions that. And, and ketogenesis is just one way to give your body energy back to start to rehabilitate your mitochondria, which of course, there's lots of other ways to do that. There's peptides, there's a bunch of things, right, but yeah. giving yourself the energy and the repair cascade and all of the raw ingredients to be a fucking thriving human, like that's gonna be so effective for your health. Like I, I used to really be scared of, you know, my uncle had lymphoma. And it was my biggest fucking fear. You know, and I'd feel my glands all the time and I would worry. I watched him, you know, die. I, my uncle was my hero. He, had, he wow. taught me how to serve in tennis. He was one of my heroes. And he taught for the first person to teach me how to shoot a gun. And he was wow. fucking awesome. My mom's brother, Craig Harder, you know, like so much love to Craig. And, uh, and, I, and I watched him die of lymphoma. And it made this deep, deep impact. And he's my uncle. And so I was afraid for a long time and a lot of my ayahuasca journeys would bring it up. Wow. But that fear is just really gone away now that I've started to really trust my body. It f used to feel like it was a random thing that could just happen. Craig was, he was always playing tennis. He was so good, but you know, and it's always difficult to ascribe causality to it. But what I do know is that the full energetic system thriving and expressing in every way when the when all of the energy centers are pulsing and alive like i fundamentally just do not believe that that is a part of the possibility of my timeline anymore 
Absolutely. You know, and it's, and it's really so much more about energy and so much more about, and I mean that from a like mitochondria standpoint and also from a metaphysical standpoint, energy, which actually are very related. I think we try yeah, to like, absolutely. we try to like, you know, one of my, one of my teachers is shaman maestro Hamilton Souther. And he, one of this classic famous lines when he's talking about doing work with plant medicines is energy levels matter. Like you could think you're going into a ceremony, it's so tough and you're being attacked by all of these cosmic negative forces and maybe you're just tired. <laughs> yeah. And then you like go into the same thing and you're like, it was amazing and I was dancing on the lap of God and Shiva was there and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, your energy was, your energy was different. Like energy levels in integration and in, in ceremony really matter. And I think it matters in health so much. And, and that's, again, just just buttressing and supporting this idea of holistic energetic health. Absolutely. And then you just mentioned a word um, that I love, mitochondria too, which is another system. You know, we spoke about the thymus gland, a little bit about dreams, but the, the mitochondria, um, it's so important. It's a little battery of the cell. And 10% of your body weight is mitochondria. And 25% of the weight of your heart is mitochondria. Wow. Think about that for a second. It's like so powerful, so deep. That little organelle, right, as we say, a little organelle is so important for your health. And they're dying off as we're aging as well. You know, and, and you mentioned lymphoma, the cancer, whatever. Those, those those are mitochondrial diseases. They start by attacking the mitochondria, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's also work that we're doing, you know, with, with, with our clients and so forth to... Uh, reestablish those mitochondrial pathways and thus help with longevity, right? Because like our our main thing or one of my main goals uh, or actually the main goal at Biohacks is what I say to get our clients to celebrate a negative birthday. And what is a negative birthday? It's, be, it's to be able to show the person, hey, effectively we've like that trim trial. Uh, oh, by the way, do you know the drugs they used on trim trial to get mm -hmm. that to, to get it uh, the H to re rewind, recombinant growth hormone, DHEA, and metformin. I'm not a fan of metformin. You can use other things, but uh, yeah, the growth hormone was that's wow. yeah, was interesting. One of them. Yeah, so um, the idea is to get the person to celebrate this negative birthday, which is to show them, hey, look, you've been doing this program for six months, a year, etc., and look, you're actually your epigen your epigenome is slowing down. Like last year, I was aging at a rate of eighty five percent of the year instead of aging like a hundred percent of the year, mm -hmm. aging eighty five percent of the year. This year, I really took some strong initiatives, etc. I'm at seventy five percent. The record in the country right now is at sixty percent. I'm in the top ten percentile, but I want to slow it down even more. But now is where you got really got to start getting really meticulous. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Christian Angermeyer about um, about this kind of concept and really he believes that it's possible that instead of getting to 60%, we actually, if, as the moment we get to negative 1%, we're functionally immortal. Exactly. You know, so like if you can actually live a year, but actually regress by a year and a day, then at that point, yeah. you're, you're actually like functionally immortal, which is a fucking crazy thought. But what you're saying is we're already you know, some people, outliers, are already down to 60%. So what you're talking about, I think, is called the human escape velocity. So basically us being the last generation to die or the first one to live forever. 
and that's that's right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's why it's the, such i mean it's so science fiction right uh, and, and, but it, it's but it's like it's lots of things that are real science fiction are starting to become a little bit closer to reality exactly exactly so so and that that uh, i believe i'm saying it right human escape velocity um is a concept that you know i've always been like nah and now i'm like okay <laughs> starting to see these things like uh um really manifest itself um and i think it's gonna you know it seems like i think everybody's always looking for the magic bullet aha we discovered no, the one thing and no, and not. really talking to you know christian engermeyer what he the way that he's looking at it and he's a, of course biotech right. investor like the way he's looking at it is it's like no 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 it's going to be the aggregate of a million little things Absolutely. instead of like death by a thousand paper cuts it's going to be life by a <laughs> you know by a thousand paper blessings you yeah. know or whatever you know it's like lots of little things lifestyle changes spirit emotional changes energetic changes physical changes peptide changes hormone changes different and then some really awesome new shit that we haven't discovered. Obviously, if we discovered it, we'd be there already, but it's a combination of a lot of different things. Can I add to that? So look, all, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna like, let me see if I could do this in 60 seconds. The essence of what I believe in all my years of studying, you know, bi biology, medicine, all that stuff. There's four pillars of all disease, four pillars, a disease and aging, right? Uh, there's 10,000 monogenic diseases documented right now, meaning a disease connected to one gene. I mean, there's more than that, but that's a lot of disease. But the pillar of all these diseases is inflammation, mm. oxidation, free radicals all, all over the place, glycation, and methylation, the process of turning on and turning off certain genes. And again, getting back into that epigenome conversation. Now, to control that, this is what I do for my life, and I help manage... Uh, the life of many of our clients, et cetera, at, at our company. But uh, there they go, See, playing all that's, full out. That's what I'm saying. They're living the life of a cat. I have I have conversations with, with Vailana. I'm like, listen, like our cats need an initiation. <laughs> I think they're missing out on the best evolution of their cat's soul if they don't have the ability to fight some strangers. You know, they we've already taken away their ability to mate with strangers <laughs> so so you know we got to give them something so they got to be able to fight and hunt and and uh she's not so keen on the the fighting and hunting program for our for our young young cat children but nonetheless it's like it's it's the same kind of philosophy i have with them it's like yeah fucking be a cat like that's important yeah you exactly. gotta do that you know and that's why animals in the zoo are so sick there's so like you see a fucking tiger or maybe at the kids, MGM. Maybe our kids exactly, in our school system. Exactly. Exactly. We're like kids. animals in a zoo. Like where we're not, you know, where people they start doing crazy things, grinding their teeth or grinding their horns and like showing all of these signs of what we would call neuroses or mental mental health disorders. The orcas at SeaWorld, it's like they're showing all of the signs of mental health disorders. We just can't talk to them about it. Right. But they're showing all of the signs. And of course, our society is showing all of these signs of mental health disorders. And that's why it is so important to train jujitsu or go to an event like Sacred Sons. And I think, you know, we might do an event with them as well. Find some way to start being more like the cats. Like find somebody to wrestle with and tangle with. And of course, sexuality can be an aspect of that. Of but all time 
all too often it's too transactional and too like too much about this the moves that you're making and and what you're doing and are you are you you know generating a climax and we get to the whole it's not just like monkeys in there back to you know back in the garden making right. love again you know it's like finding out like what is what is the animal really want like what would make it thrive and i, I you know i think us being able to connect with um the universe our our maker the earth itself you know and now that's why you see certain certain um philosophies like grounding something as simple as like you know yeah, walking barefoot in the dirt it's like no man that's that, that's you know that's basic stuff yeah you, no you, shit <laughs> it's like, uh or even like mud therapies and so forth i'm like you need that you know um you need that to be able to to again get into in touch with that animal inside of you mm -hmm. which ultimately promotes health and yep. and and that was epic timing by the way <laughs> you said that animal inside you in a Cyrano just bolted across the couch. We rehearsed that. Good job, Cyrano. I'll give you a cat biscuit later. But but ultimately, it's like uh, you know the gentleman you were just quoting a few moments ago about us living forever. Yeah, it's a culmination of things, and I think it's it's a little bit of what I believe. Um, like what we do is is taking is going back to the grand design to how you were designed to operate, but using now technologies that we have today to get us there, Yeah. right? A lot of these biotech uh, uh, innovations, I really believe can can get us there. And and I, I don't I don't know that we're we're going to be playing God by controlling the the aging process. And to tell you the truth, I don't know if we will get there, but I do see with some of my colleagues, it's had a huge initiatives. You know, I got in this because, you know, I, I want to live longer and perform at the highest level possible right. on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, and I, okay, what do I need to do to my body to get my body there? You know, and that's what I was telling you before, you know, the philosophy is to remove toxicity, replenish what's missing, re-inoculate the gut flora, recover, which we don't recover, 30% yeah. of the United States suffers with insomnia, and then ultimately to re-exist. That's something like my Yeah, philosophy. and, 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 uh necessary for that is dropping inflammation down to the floor you know inflammation is such a i think that's why people like the petersons jordan and michaela um they went on the carnivore a carnivore diet michaela's even more strict on the lion diet and it's a super low inflammation diet and right. so many of the challenges they were facing and energetically psychically everything you know and they tell this story i'm not going to retell their whole story but what what is it is it like the the meat has some magical thing no it's well it does but <laughs> it's it's the the way that that diet interacts with the gut and prevents inflammation those pro-inflammatory cytokines from a leaky gut you know from a lot of the different foods that we eat that are not the right foods to eat it's just really a super low inflammation inflammation program and that changes the whole mentality i mean Inflammation and depression are virtually indistinguishable when you start to measure those those two things. You know, there's like the they have very similar effects. When you're when you're inflamed, you're also like tired and and having depressive thoughts. And there's lots of correlative studies showing the the correlation between inflammation and depression. No, um, it's without a doubt. There's every, it, it's all connected. And and when you go into like I said, those four pillars of aging and disease submethylation oxidation glycation inflammation it's like wait you didn't say anything on the that i would connect to the on the psychiatric side no 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 
those those are all playing a role and inflammation's right. huge right um and then ultimately for the person to be the ex best expression of themselves right um i i think those those pillars have to be controlled mm -hmm. you know and through multiple interventions through multiple uh you know hormone balance and mi mindfulness etc and then ultimately that's when for fertility you start to see the body be able to to receive receive and hold a child which that's another big mm -hmm. problem nowadays so people can get pregnant but they can't a lot mm -hmm. of times women can't hold the child um or that you start to see the person hey beat those longevity uh parameters and have a better lifespan and health span mm -hmm. right when all those parameters are under control you yeah. know um what are so let's talk about i mean one of the things we we made it to micronutrients you're about to go into peptides so i want to go back and open that back up because this is something that's there's seemingly a new peptide that comes out fucking every week right <laughs> like so first of all what is a peptide and then talk about some of your you know some of your favorites i <laughs> i've had people come up to me and it's like oh you're the peptide guy i'm like no. <laughs> like because i love peptides so like, i'm like yeah, not the peptide guy but sure you can call me that. <laughs> uh, you're the peptide guy <laughs> like, uh, that's the name of the podcast i know one hour with the peptide guy <laughs> hey that might work <laughs> But no, I um, definitely think peptides are the future. So what is a peptide? It's basically a baby protein. You got a big protein, you got a baby protein. So what's the difference between a big protein and a baby protein? I'm putting it in layman's terms, right? So anything less than 40 amino acids long. So you have your amino acids like valine, leucine, glycine, all these little amino acids. Anything 40, less than 40 is a peptide. Small little protein. Um, yeah, small little protein. So that's what a peptide is by definition. Mm-hmm. And they're they're endogenous. They live inside of you. So you have wonderful peptides like uh, DSIP, Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide. So basically, the the amino acids, the protein, you know, converts into amino acids, big amino acids, mm -hmm. and then also converts into very specific smaller amino acid chains called peptides. Exactly. And those smaller chains, in their particular combination have a particular function just like the big amino acids do mm -hmm. you know like they have a they have their own particular like collagen function. for example yeah it's exactly huge. growth hormone 191 right. amino acids huge it's right it's not a peptide right so so the the big amino acids have their function but then these peptides have been discovered as these smaller little combinations these little keys that do more specific tasks mm -hmm. than maybe the big ones like carnitine for muscles or glutamine for you know whatever glutamine does a bunch of shit and for your gut and for for everything but the big you know the big amino acids and then these smaller peptides and then i guess people at some point people just discovered like hey there's these little smaller amino acids that are endogenous our body produces them anyways we have some with us so our body knows what it is and knows how to use it we're just giving more of it so it's almost like a new micronutrient category in a way right right yeah so they would be a little bit bigger than the micronutrients but yeah you're right there you know it's like kind of the macros to the mi micros I, that that i think would be a great it's like a, it's like an adjacent category mm -hmm. but you can lo almost look at it that way mm -hmm. but they're just even more targeted perhaps because a lot of micronutrients have so many different functions but these peptides seem like they're very super targeted specific very targeted like arrows yep exactly they they know where they fit and they know where they're going you know so so basically this is also you know before we couldn't see these little molecules right they're so tiny 
um, like I just mentioned, DSIP, I think it's seven amino acids long. It's tiny. Like I said, a growth hormone, big. Oh, and let's talk about the first peptide um, discovered. Um, just thinking here, if it was the first discovered or the first one to put in use, but one of the first ones to be out there, let's say, insulin. Everybody's like, oh, I know that. Oh, wow. Yeah, back in 1930s, 1940s. So insulin was one it, it's it's a peptide that was one of the first ones kind of revolutionized the world huh <laughs> yeah, <it's been> dope. <laughs> so so that's that's one of the first to give you guys a, a good example of one of the first peptides but then um um as time has moved on we've been able to find other peptides like let's quote a really popular one um joe rogan went on a podcast and said it talked about bpc 157 it gained a lot of popularity which is a gut peptide it's 15 amino acids long so you see the numbers are pretty small they never go over though that 40 mark so and that bpc 157 for example it lives in the gut it's it, in in it helps to actually close uh the those those um, the leaky gut let's say the mm -hmm. intestinal permeability um so when you have breaks in the the cytoskeletal not the cytoskeletal the scaffolding proteins but so all right so let's just give people one quick kind of protocol idea which is basically glutamine is great also for your gut walls and your gut lining mm -hmm. possibly because glutamine actually converts to bpc 157 mm. it doesn't no Okay, that would be cool if it did. <laughs> but anyways, glutamine good for the gut, so that's a big amino acid over forty. And then there's then there's BBC one fifty seven, which is a more targeted, you know, a more targeted function, and that's important because if you actually have if you improve your intestinal permeability so that those bigger particles are not escaping into the blood, causing that inflammatory response, the pro-inflammatory cytokines that make you tired, make you fatigued, make you irritable, depressed. depressed, all of that. If you can shore up your gut with just that strategy, and of course the food you eat is very fucking important. And again, extreme, you know, more extreme diets like like the Peterson's diets, mm -hmm. the, the carnivore and the lion and you know, keto diet, different low inflammation. It's That's hard to many get leaky gut like many, that. many different, many different diet interventions that are also very important, fasting, et cetera. But these are two things that like a big amino acid and a small amino acid, all right, you can start to do some real, real work. And I've I've noticed a significant, significant improvement in using, you know, glutamine, a glutamine supplement and the BPC one fifty seven that I've uh, that I've gotten from Biohacks as well. And it's like Oh, all right. You know, my gut is feeling like less, less gas, less inflammation. When I eat, I don't like, I used to always get so fucking tired after I eat. And it's like, how much tobacco and coffee can I have after a meal? <laughs> so I don't completely crash. And now I'm eating, yes, I'm making better diet choices, but also it just feels like, all right, my stomach's like operating in the right way. And I'm not producing this postprandial inflammatory response. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned coffee. I I gave up coffee five six months ago. I think I drank enough coffee for like three lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was really scared because I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen after I eat and so forth. And then I tweaked my protocol and bro, cruising like cruising for real, like feel great. But I couldn't do it if we weren't doing things like you know both you and I are doing these interventions to all right optimize my body, get 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 you know Marcos out of there. You know everybody calls me Doctor D. My real name's marcos right so mm. call myself by my real name now <laughs> but if i couldn't get like me out of there you know to my true energy right so but um going back on on giving people a protocol the first thing i would say is man you know 
if 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 he can't perhaps maybe do tests to understand you know like i have a huge issue with gluten right uh there were some things you, you your stomach didn't mm -hmm. like either right so you, number one is avoiding those things but then there's awesome peptides like bpc 157 um um kpv lorazotide the really really good peptides for for the gut that and they're endogenous oh kpv's tiny three amino acids that one's a mm. baby little 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 peptide right mm -hmm. uh, which also helps a lot with for example psoriasis the heck what does that have to do well the skin and the gut go together mm. right lots of times and this is what i think is crazy in dermatology like i think it's absolutely nuts medicine's so compartmentalized right you almost are so specialized you're the specialist of the specialist that you don't know almost nothing of the whole picture right but the gut and the skin are intimately related mm -hmm. you know um so when, when looking at at, at uh, you know like a good peptide protocol for the gut you know i always tell people watch what you're putting in you know what don't irritate the body more so um and then and then um there's like glutamine's great uh amino acid for um for the gut but also then maybe consider you know some peptides etc peptides mm. are wonderful and you know just be careful with the quality of peptides because one thing i will um kind of alert our listeners to your body knows hey for example growth hormone amino acid this one amino acid this and this and valine and leucine and lysine and all that, right but hey you don't belong here this is the wrong one there's a yeah. molecule that switch he knows that's not the right thing so all of a sudden stop the whole thing and bring in the immune system, bring in the natural killer cells, bring right. in, so you don't wanna put peptides or molecules that are inside off. your body that are not exactly bioidentical. Then that's how you, you, you start cancers and autoimmune disease, et cetera. When your body starts attacking things um, to get these things out of the body. I have a, um, uh, very so don't so don't go to your back alley peptide dealer. No, it's basically what you're, Jesus, basically, no. if 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 someone's slinging mm, peptides yeah, out of their garage, <laughs> like that's probably not the move. No, and 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 the thing is, you you want to understand exactly what you're putting in your body because I have a very strong philosophy that I in medical school they teach us something called um, immune tolerance. Immune tolerance meaning the name says it. Your immune system can tolerate en enough of. Uh, of this insult uh bullshit i no um there is to a certain extent but the immune system should not be dealing with things it doesn't know what it is we've spoken a lot about uh almost like neanderthals going back into the animal behavior in ancient mm. times right what they were picking off the trees, et cetera, like our bodies know what these what these things know what you know broccoli's made out of. I mean, we were just talking about how the BRCA gene is sensitive to diendylmethane in cruciferous vegetables, right? So there's things that were the resources are put around in our environment. Now, when the body doesn't recognize those things, I personally believe that's when you wake up the immune system and then you can start autoimmune diseases and, and, and health aberrations like a cancer. So it's very important when using peptides and things like that to use proper peptides that are properly made, not, you know, made haphazardly. Um, and it's very different than making, for example, um, any steroidal type chemicals or whatever, you know, like uh, all the way from a vitamin D, which is a steroid molecule, uh, to progesterone, to uh, those are actually simpler to make 
um, underground than it is actually. Pe peptide proteins are hard to make, very very hard to make. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and that's the unfortunate part about peptides is that they do they do come with a cost. They're not covered by insurance. And, no, and you no. have to be you know you have to be willing to go out of pocket to have these you know to have these advantages and you know consider yourself very blessed if you can well, if you well, can yeah. actually afford it and uh, and hopefully with economy of scale and technology getting better, hopefully the manufacturing of these peptides will actually become cheaper and cheaper. Hopefully the, the FDA giving us the thumbs, thumbs up someday for it. Yeah, I mean, and then that's that's a whole process in and of itself, of course, because then you have to show that it's treating a disease. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting emergent field. But if you had to say like, all right, what are some of, so we talked about BBC 157, you mentioned Delta Sleep uh, induction pro uh, D peptide. DSIP, Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide. Yeah. Um, which raises which, testosterone which, too. Which changes your sleep architecture, helps you get into deeper sleep. And the deeper sleep is where you actually produce testosterone, mm -hmm. assuming that your factory is open for business. Because <laughs> I could be getting the deepest sleep in the world, you know, <laughs> cir circa 2021. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I'm not producing any testosterone. But so that's an interesting one. And, and then, you know, there's some other ones that we've tried. You know, one of the ones that I actually thought worked really well was MOTS-C, M-O-T-S, dash c but it it fucking works really good it's great for energy but i get like a little bruise everywhere i put it you know like a little knot it's like the hardest one to inject so i sent you a little video on you know perhaps an, another mode of of administration i think that'll work out for you but if we do that you know by choosing. is it in the butt no because it'll go on your thigh <laughs> it's not a suppository all right no. all right but 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 um yeah the mot c which stands for mitochondrial c peptide it does a f amazing things now one thing it does it upregulates glute 4 which is the receptor for sugar in the muscle mm. so if somebody's uh, like insulin resistant it helps them to become more insulin sensitive also oh, wait you're saying it helps in mechanisms against di you know, diabetes yeah it does wonderful um increases your because it increases it, it what it does is it increases mitochondrial biogenesis so it makes you have more mitochondria like mm. i told you 10 percent of our body weight is mitochondria and it's declining as we're aging it increases the ability for your body to produce i want to be thick in mitochondria let's go it's mitochondria mm. thick i want to get 13 percent. come <laughs> on baby flex my mitochondria <laughs> uh no mitochondria is the jam bro like they do everything like i think that's my coolest organelle Actually, <laughs> oh, you love picking favorites. <laughs> I just picked a favorite organelle, right? So instead, yeah. it's all of my favorite organelle. Got my favorite organ and my favorite organelle, right? Sorry, cytoplasmic reticulum <laughs> and Golgi, Golgi apparatus. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know, sorry. Tough luck. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then the Japanese, the longest lived uh, population in the the world, uh, the Okinawans. Yeah, the zone, yeah. There's a a, a a phenotypic and genotypic uh, link between the 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 idea of them having more um, mitochondrial biogenesis and living longer. So when you take the peptide, basically that's when you're messing with the epigenome, epigenome, sorry, you're, you're telling that sequence in your DNA. Okay. The Matsi is telling that sequence in the DNA, Hey, go make more, more freaking mitochondria. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. So that's where you're, Oh no. So, so you can, you can, take a DNA test with any of these companies, right? And some of these, and I know the CEOs, of a lot of these companies or a few of these companies. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I, I vouch for them. I use them myself, but just because it says that, um, I, I don't, I'm not remembering now the name of certain, the, the mitochondrial biogenesis, uh, gene, there's a few genes for that, but just because you're, you're lacking in it or you're, you don't have a proper expression of that gene doesn't mean 
you could take the MOT-C or you could take the SS-31, which is another really freaking awesome peptide, and thus increase the the ability for you to produce those mitochondria or say you don't you're 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 low on the foxo3 gene i remember that one which is the one to remove the zombie or senescent cells from your body mm -hmm. you could take the peptide the foxo4 dr5 i believe it's called um to allow your body to remove those senescent cells especially if you're a big stem cell guy you do stem cell treatments etc and then later you want to remove uh some of these senescent cells or these dead cells zombie cells you could use the peptide if your body doesn't have the natural ability to remove those so that's the cool part just because you have that dna blueprint okay but then i can i with the peptide i can really turn on and you know, and modulate yeah, that signal. That's super tweet. cool, bro. I, when I was in uh when I was in your office here in Miami, um, you guys had a chart and we didn't go over it or anything, but it was a chart. It must have been 30, 30 different peptides that were on like a, oh, a large more. like whiteboard. Yeah. It was, more, bro. As, a, as a bunch. And it was just like all of the different things. And, and so what's interesting, I think the invitation, we could go through probably a, a lot of other ones, but just understand that there's this emergent field of medicine called peptides and that actually when you go in you're gonna find something for for most for things you know for most things that you want whether it's energy or it's weight management or whether it's immune system or gut health or you know cognitive like whatever it oh, is cognitive is a you're gonna whatever it is there's something that you could dial in of course again you know Obviously, it's a, it's a hugely privileged position to be able to afford these peptides. But if you do have that luxury and you want to prioritize that health, so of course, ideally, you know, you can be fit for service so that you can be the best version of yourself to then offer your gift to the world. And that's, I think, the obligation that those of us who have the ability to go acquire peptides like these is to really like, all right, build yourself up so then you could be of greatest service to the, you know, to the good of all. Absolutely, man. And, and, and again, to bring your body into, um, the resonance it needs to be in, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm actually wearing a patch on my chest right now. Um, it has some silver particles here and I'm altering the resonance of my body. I'm, I'm testing this out. This is, uh, some, um, some, um, Italian physicians that came up with this 15 years ago. I had a call with them this morning. This is not out in the market. It's I mean, I would have figured Italian physicians would be gold. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. They like gold. They like gold. <laughs> that's an, yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> but it, it's altering the uh, my electromagnetic field and thus changing the 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 voltage gated um, exchange in my cells, etc. To I'm, I'm, I'm testing this thing out. You put it on for 48 hours and then supposedly my body's going to put the my hrv lowers uh so yeah i'm going to give you one yeah, yeah, <laughs> you cool. like the hrv talk so all that once you incorporate peptides and so forth etc you know to ultimately get the body to 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 be at a peak state for mm. your mind to be in a peak state right because we, when you're on you want to be on and when you're off you want to be off you know, the problem is our western civilization i mean kind of the whole world now for the most part we take medication to try to stay on I would try to take medication to try to stay off. And it's like, we live in this limbo land. No, man, I want to wake up and be like, ah, let's go. Yeah. And I want to be able to like, no, I'm done. My yeah. body, I feel my body naturally shutting off, et cetera. So when you're, when you're able to you modulate your, um, your, the resources that your body's lacking. And then when you take it to the next level and use properly peptides to manipulate the epigenome, 
that's ultimately where I see like, hey, you're starting to have a better human experience, right? And then I'm always looking for the next tweak, man. You know, I just, they sent me these, the University yeah, of Rome. of course. Sent me these things. Put I'm yourself like, in the lab, N of one. Oh, absolutely. Yes. See if see if it works. You know, I, I think, <clears throat> to me, I, I think there's um, a lot of, I know that I've I've asked myself, I've asked of myself to do extraordinary things. Yeah. And I've been successful. And and I and I spend actually a lot of time like thanking my body for actually allowing me to do everything that I've done. I this is my dream life. It it really is. Like Amen. and and if I could really summarize probably the thing that I want to focus on the most is just fucking gratitude, man. Like gratitude for everything that's brought me to where I am and all of the stress that I took on and everything that I did and that my body stood by me, you know, and, and was there with me and got me through all of it. And I had, you know, some good interventions and some, well, you know, break glass in case of emergency interventions that are still hanging on. A lot of that having to do with my sleep, you know, because I was revved up at such a high RPM from producing podcasts and book and running a company and, handling all of the you know different things that I was doing I was always at such an RPM level that I started to use interventions like benzodiazepines to help me go to sleep and different other things and that's also part of what we're working on is all right let me get my full holistic health ready so that I can wake up feeling energetic which is already working like really like a lot better I'm feeling great also of course you know giving giving respect to the ketamine cannabis you know, therapy that I'm doing, which is, I call it therapy. It's, it's, it is a very sacred journey to me as well, but it's both. It's not, you know, it's, it's both therapy and sacred at the same time, allowing me to have that deep rest and putting myself, you know, giving myself the best opportunity of the micronutrients, the macronutrients, the peptides. So, so the on is going pretty well. And then it's the off that I still need a little help with. And you've been, you guys have been great at just, showing me some different options that could really, you know, really support that. And I'm confident that while I'm here in Miami, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to transition to a much better supported sleep protocol than what I'm doing and kick the, uh, you know, kick the, I take like a five milligram Valium. I'll just admit it. I'm not proud of it. You know, it's like, it's not, I know it's not fucking good, but when, when the stressful times, when times are hard, that, put me to sleep and I got, I was able to sleep for the past five years. So yeah, granted, I understand there's massive problems with that category of pharmaceutical intervention, massive problems, but mad gratitude again to pharma for at least having that option. Maybe it wasn't the best option, but goddamn, did it help me, you know, in during this stretch, but now it's, it's run its course. It's lived its time. And now there's better options, healthier options for the longevity of my life and then that's what we're working towards brother and i i take that so sacredly that you know uh number one that's super cool you 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 talk about that and just you're just such a real dude bro so that's that's another that's super cool and i take it sacredly too to like get us through that road you know of like yeah you know kicking that to the can and i say us because like I, I like to take that dive with the person you know that we're i'm working with um because there are better options, right? And more natural options and um, and to modulate those GABA pathways, right? That's mm -hmm. where that that basically that system's working on. Um, but it's what I always tell people, and I, I think I told you this in the beginning, I'm like, that off button, 
Um, and even the on button too, to bring the body back to that homeostasis, to that like that that Spartan, that mm -hmm. you know, that caveman, whatever the heck you know. Like in my head, I think of it that way. I'm like, how was the human meant to function? You know, um, you it it takes a minute. It's not. It's like weight loss. It's like when you see somebody like yep. lose weight, etc., and so forth. That the chemistry is changing, and as the chemistry is adopting, I mean, look, your red blood cells—they live for 120 days, right? Mm. Sometimes you need all those cells to die. Your gut lining is brand new every two weeks, so that those cells that those chemical process even the neuroplasticity of your brain those things take time to change and as they're changing that's when effectively you start to see improvement and improvement and improvement and we start to see reversal and epigenetic clock uh, not reversal but slowing down it's wrong to say reversal slowing down of epigenetic mm -hmm. clocks um and ultimately i have faith like we've done successfully multiple times where we we get people's sleep right we get people's wakefulness right and that's why i gave up the coffee too because i'm like you know what i want i want to put I want to put my money where my mouth is because that was the only thing that I was like still. Yeah. And know. some of it is just having, you know, I, I've I've obviously gotten off all my medication that I use to help me sleep and all other, you know, I don't really use any medication during the day. It's all it's all nighttime stuff. But I do regular ayahuasca sits and you cannot, you just cannot mix ayahuasca with pharmaceuticals. Just do not, not under any fucking circumstance do that. It's very dangerous from both a physical biological level and a psycho spiritual level it's extraordinarily dangerous so i get off and and i it's it's tough but i do it because i know i have to do it and and i just because i have to do it and i'm like committed i'm going to costa rica maestro orlando chuandama's flying from his village and i gotta fucking do it <laughs> you know so, <laughs> so, I just, so i just do it and it's and i've done it you know probably five times at you know at least because that's about how many ayahuasca trips i have and it'll so it'll be for a couple weeks and it'll be a little rocky at the start and the first night it'll be up and down it'll feel like maybe three or four you know hour to hour and a half naps you know throughout the course of a night where i'm up and down and, and then the next day it's a little bit better and i sleep a little longer and sleep a little longer sleep a little longer and then every time i'm like i did it i'm off and then one of those nights will come where my mind is just spinning, spinning, spinning. And I got a podcast in the morning and a meeting, a meeting like coming up after that and starting to creep up to 3 a.m. again. And I'm like, fucking A, like if I don't sleep today, I'm not going to be able to be sharp on this podcast. There's hundreds of thousands of people that are going to listen to this podcast. I have to be on my best. I owe it to the people. I got to take this. I got to take this thing. And I don't know if that's me just kind of rationalizing yeah. and justifying it. But there is some practicality to it, but it's always been the thing that's got me back on the old, on the old broken way. And and I really just want to break that for good. You know, and, and and just trust myself that even if we had to do this podcast today and I didn't sleep well last night, like I'll figure it out. You know, like I can trust my brain, I can trust my body. It may not be comfortable. So I guess the message is a pep talk to myself to like have a little more endurance, have a little more Spartan kind of, all right, I'm just going to fucking deal with this yeah, and I'm yeah. going to stick to it. And that kind of that will. And, uh, and that's, that's definitely something that's going to be necessary to make the path because, you know, rolling, tossing and turning in bed, it's not fun, but you just have to endure it. And, and I think like with what we're doing, um, also, my my goal and what i've seen happen plenty of times before is as as uh, 
your chemistry is improving, all of a sudden, you know, you start to be like, hey, maybe I don't need to take this thing. And it actually becomes easier. And yeah, sure. Um, you've, you've had moments in the past like, yeah, it's 3 a.m. I got a podcast tomorrow. I got a busy day, etc. cetera. Uh, what am I going to do? I need a rest. But if you're feeling optimized, kind of like when, you know, got on the testosterone, it's like, whoa, my life 2.0, right? Mm -hmm. The testosterone does that kick pretty, pretty hard. But um, as we're optimizing the, the, your, the, your body, et cetera, um, it'll become easier for your body not to need a crutch to stay awake. Or for, for example, in my DNA, it says I have a high propensity for daytime sleepiness. Mm. Super high. That's why I said the coffee thing was so big for me. I was like, damn it. And I could feel it. And then I had insulin resistance years ago, et cetera, you know, where I was just like exhausted out of my mind. I never had a sleep problem, but it was just like, bro, I went to med school, man. Mm. <laughs> I would mm. sit there, I'm like seeing double the lady, you know, like mm -hmm. professors and so forth. You know, I struggled with, so that was a big thing for me. I'm like, okay, how do I wake the hell up during the day? How do I not yawn during the day? I, we, I ask this to clients all the time. Like, how many times are you yawning today? I'm like, yawn? supposed to be on yeah sure if you're in like this deep parasympathetic sp state you know um on a beach relaxing out on a boat here in miami so whatever yeah sure it's normal for you to yawn and just relax but on a work day when you're going you're in the office and you're like no that's not normal yeah and it's like, no it's okay to yawn. no oh it's okay to take naps during the day no you're not supposed to do that mm -hmm. right so i and you can you know if if nap's gonna help you i mean i think i think uh Nick Littlehale, I, I've cited his book. You know, he's kind of one of the sleep experts. I'm actually a fan of naps. But the fact that you can yeah. and that you need it yeah. is a different thing. Exactly. You know it's a different I mean? story. Like Saturdays are like my unwind day, you know, uh, you know, we usually with family or whatever. Yeah, sometimes you can catch me napping on my wife's lap or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm saying on the, you know, you're on and, you know, if I'm doing this podcast with you and I'm thinking about taking a nap right after because I need it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's the that's what we want. We want to be able to just live live the live the fullest version of our life. Absolutely. You know I mean, it, life is so spectacular, mm -hmm. and uh, and and you have to you have to put some energy to access it, and you have to have the right mindset to access it. And if you can do that, it's we're in fucking paradise. It's like this is this is heaven, if you're able to do that. And yeah, I know there's challenges, and I know. There's difficult situations for people and there's wars and there's all kinds of hellish states. All of that's granted, but the possibility of what the earth can provide and what our body can access, the taste, the smells, the scents, the pleasures, the everything that's available to us, it's spectacular. And we just need to get ourselves in the state where we can access it. Absolutely, man. And getting to that state, getting to that state is one of like my main things it's that state that that's what i always say it's like when people ask me what do you do at biohacks i'm like performance and, re and longevity man that's the, the main 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 goals want to get perform at a high state possible and live to the longest i can i want to die late as young as possible let's go let's go die late as young as possible that's 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 the motto well i'm going to keep people posted you know this has obviously been the most i've shared about my own medical 
you know, my own medical history. And, and obviously we have fertility. That's going to be an ongoing theme. We got my sleep. That'll be an ongoing theme. So cool. um, I'm looking forward. There's a, there's a peptide called kiss peptin that I heard is really great yeah, for yeah. fertility when we're actually trying, I'm going to, we're going to bring that in right now. We're just getting the factory reopened. We're in which factory might reopened, <laughs> which might be open. So, be so we're being <laughs> surprised. Oh, I baked the cake. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, I'm waiting for that text message. That yeah, oh, I really am. Dang it. <laughs> yeah so um but yeah man i i just uh i appreciate you know i appreciate both you know the availability of all the different you know solutions and of course you know my background founding on it of course targeted supplementation is something that we've brought in you've brought some of our formulas through clinical trials and we know i know that side and i don't want to leave that out of the conversation i'm just bored of talking about it because <laughs> it's like all i've been talking about is targeted supplementation for a long time so don't think that i'm like you know, now that I've sold on it or whatever, I'm like, oh, the supplementation's bullshit and we're on to peptides. No, yeah. every fucking day I'm taking my, you know, you look back at my cabinets there, it's all of the products that we designed it on it because they're fucking amazing. You know, Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, the whole, oh. the whole gamut, right? So I just want to- I wanna... take Alpha Brain every once in a while too. Yeah. I love that stuff. And, it's and, great. And even compared to some really strong peptides, mm -hmm. even compared to some really strong peptides, like especially for studying, you know, like I'm like, wow, I can actually feel this thing working. Yeah. Yeah, so just want to put that out there that, you know, we didn't talk about it much, again, because I'm fucking bored of talking about it. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about other stuff, but that's a huge part of my life. And uh, and yeah, I just appreciate, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, it wasn't like we were in the in the back of the car, because I there's, you know, other doctors that I know who have peptides and different things. We wouldn't be sitting here now if it wasn't for that conversation we had, not about peptides and not about all the techniques, but about energy and about this kind of holistic picture of how to live in the fullest human expression. And, uh, and I just, you know, really honor and applaud you for like holding that you, while at the simultaneously holding all of the medical knowledge that you have. Cause I think that's really the future of, uh, of actually health care. Amen, man. And thank you for believing in me. Thank you for that conversation. Cause I, I felt that too. when when we had that conversation, it was like the second conversation that night. I felt like I connected with you there too. I'm like, oh, I know what this this guy's about, and mm -hmm. you know, like, and I resonated with you. And so, just you know, thank you for believing in me and uh, for having me on your podcast. Most of all, yeah, and I appreciate sure. you, brother. Gratitude. We're, we're in this journey together. Gratitude. Amen. Gratitude. Amen, 2023, the year of gratitude. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you.